0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. It's
1: the question everyone is asking right now. Who has kidnapped the real David De Gea? Once the undisputed king of saves in the Premier League, the Spaniard's showreel is now bloopers and blunders. As Manchester United have got better, he's got worse. Much worse. But is the man waiting in the wings, Dean Henderson, really any better? Or could De Gea make a miraculous recovery? Let's dive right into the murky world of goalkeeping. Now the audience should be familiar with our first guest, Daniel Harris, the man who has twice dismantled the government on this very podcast, is back (laughs) for another outing. Daniel, you might find it slightly tougher to ruffle up the Tories today, given our subject, but how are you doing?
0: I'm well, thank you. Hello.
1: Uh, And it's also time to hand out a first podcast cap to Pete Hall. We're on strict instruction to keep this chat to half an hour. Otherwise, Pete will become the first man in history to be divorced before his wedding day. Uh, (laughs) Pete, are you relaxed despite that pressure? Uh, Well, that is a lot of
2: pressure. Yeah, just hoping for, I hope I don't do a Jonathan Woodgate and have an absolute nightmare debut, but hopefully we'll be all right.
1: So yeah, so ever since a tame shot from Cristiano Ronaldo squirmed beyond him at the 2018 World Cup, David De Gea appears to have lost his edge. The stats are unavoidable. In 2017-18, he prevented 14 goals that the average goalkeeper would not save, according to Stats Boffins Opta. In the last two seasons, the same stats from Opta say his net total of goals saved is zero, i.e. he's no better than your average goalkeeper. Now, stats can be a bit misleading, and we must remember that a couple of years ago, this was well, he was one of the greatest shot stoppers on the planet. But those days do appear to be firmly in the past. So a nice broad question to kick us off. What has gone wrong with David De Gea? Where do you start on
2: David De Gea? His, his confidence is completely gone and, and it's and it's it's not a, a recent thing. It's been happening for a, a while, as you alluded to there with the stats. It's quite alarming, really, when you think about how many errors he's actually made in comparison to other, other top goalkeepers. And also, it does feel like it's, it's kind of passed him by the modern goalkeeper as well. He's not anything like the level of Alisson or Edison on the ball. On the ball, he's, he's, he's really shaky. His distribution is quite poor, actually. And, but he makes up for it, obviously, with, his, with his, his shot stopping. And he's still made spectacular saves this season. But basic errors that he's not done in the past is, is, a, is a real issue. And in, in big games as well. In the past, De Gea used to, used to win United points all single-handedly. And now he's actually costing them at a time when United are actually turning things around. So when you've got a goalkeeper like Dean Henderson waiting in the wings, then it, it puts a lot more pressure on And If there's an easy solution... Um, which makes uh, De Gea's situation all the more tough. The the problem United have got is when they got him to sign that ridiculously long, uh, expensive contract, um, they've kind of stuck with him at the moment. You can't sell him. So how do you solve a problem like David De Gea?
1: That's that's what we're trying to ask you here, Pete. Um, (laughs) Daniel, Daniel, what do you think's gone wrong with him? Um,
3: You can't say with any certainty that it's this or it's that. I think he was lucky... I thought to survive, not to get kicked out of the club or lose his but, but I felt like he was very lucky not to be dropped at the end of last season, where he really started throwing them in in earnest. And there was a game against Chelsea that looked at the time like the winners of that game would go through against the Champions League. And United were winning, and, he, and Chelsea were doing absolutely nothing in the game. And he managed to chuck one in then. And although in some ways you could argue United probably did quite well to be out of the Champions League this year, because... Who knows what hidings they might have taken um, in the early part of the season when they didn't have any players. But the the errors were mounting up at this stage last season. I think the thing with De Gea is that um, a a friend of mine who's um, an elite level tennis coach was saying that what you've got with De Gea is that you've got a guy who is the only elite level player in the team, more or less. And he knows that his place isn't under threat. and He also knows the team aren't challenging for anything. And in that circumstance, it's not difficult to see why someone would lose their edge or become complacent or lose their focus or any of those things. And in some ways, it's just I feel kind of bad for him that he's (laughs) away the best years of his career doing nothing, mainly at United. And now United are getting good again. And he's rubbish. (laughs) And I would say that he is rubbish. And I feel like I'm almost looking at myself saying, what are you talking about, you idiot? But goalkeepers that throw them in regularly are rubbish mm. and it doesn't matter how many times you've saved the team in the past because ultimately goalkeepers are there not to chuck them in and the thing is like with the goalkeepers that I've seen at United in the years I've been watching them there have been I guess two brilliant ones Schmeichel who for my money is the best to ever do it I've not seen anyone better than him and van der Sar and what you got with Schmeichel was you got a bloke who could make unbelievable saves that no one else could make, and that was that was why he was good. mate. And he had a presence who organised defence came for crosses. Van der Sar was more solid. I can't remember very many brilliant saves Van der Sar made or very many brilliant games Van der Sar had. I can think of one against Fulham in 2007 when Ronaldo scored the solo goal at the end. Where without without Van der Sar, United would have lost that game. But what you got with Van der Sar was he played in front behind one of the greatest defences that English football's ever seen. So basically, all he had to do was not chuck them in. That was keep them organised, keep them on their toes and not chuck them in. And De Gea, he's not really either of those. He makes the occasional brilliant reaction save. And I've never seen any goalkeeper of reactions anything like his. But he's not organising the defence, which he never really did. De Gea was more of a Schmeichel-style keeper, but the brilliant saves are gone. And he's chucking them in with such alarming regularity that you can't, you can't let it continue anymore. And I said on Twitter, after his most last mistake a couple of weeks ago, that I felt like Solskjaer had probably been really nurturing and encouraging with him. But we're now at the point where that clearly hadn't worked. It was time to say, if you don't sort this out, you're going to be number two next season.
1: There's something slightly trickier about analysing goalkeepers in that it's so much harder to quite know if they should have saved it or not. Because I know at the start of the restart, everyone was criticising De Gea for the Bergwijn goal. Um, because in slow motion, it looked pretty awful. But in full speed, it was absolutely pelted at him and it and it goes in. Are we counting those sort of errors, like the the opening goal for Olivier Giroud yesterday? So close range, again, slow motion looks terrible, as errors as well. How do, How can we distinguish whether that's an error or just something that we're not really in a position to say?
2: I think I think it's it's an error on De Gea's part if he doesn't match up to the standards that he set for himself in the past. When you're if, if you're if you're a, a good goalkeeper uh, or good at anything, you get to a certain level. If you then start performing at a level that's not as good as you are capable of, then there are errors. Now, a, a lot of other goalkeepers that the first goal, Giroud's goal, yes, it went through him, didn't it? But it wasn't it wasn't like as as Daniel likes to say, he didn't chuck it in, did he? The second one was very much he did. He did trick him. But that first one was, it was, he should have saved it, but it's not one, of, if that was any other goalkeeper, you wouldn't remember it as an error. But it's the fact that David De Gea has slipped so far from what he was that makes them errors. You can judge these as errors
3: because it's not on the level that he did in the past. I think also it's when they, when they keep happening. So you'd look at the Bergwijn one and I would, when something, when the ball's whacked like that and it's so close to the keeper but not directly at them, they can be harder to save than when they're a little bit further away because you've got to contort your body to get to it. But when you see the Bergwijn one, when you see was it one you should have saved against Bournemouth as well, mm. and then the one the, the Giroud first goal yesterday. So if he'd have let one of those in, then you'd be inclined to say, what can you do? And the Giroud one yesterday was a bit unlucky because he sort of saved it and then it hit him and went in. But when you see these kind of marginal ones where you think maybe you should have saved it, maybe you shouldn't, but you're letting them all in, then again, you start to think that it's a decline. I mean, it is a decline. If you think about the first year under Mourinho, when United came second in the league, and they basically came second in the league because the Gea was just stopping everything. And that's the level that he needs to be at, and that's the level he's capable of. And... What we've seen since then is he's got progressively less good, so that now he's not only not a strength for the team, he's a liability. And it's not fair to talk about De fair without talking about defence as well. And I think what we saw yesterday was that United's the United's defensive statistics, just how few goals they've conceded, are a lot better than United's actual defending. They've got away with quite a few, and they, like with some uh, judicious VAR decisions and just a bit of luck here and there. But yesterday, the bad defending caught up with them, and they only conceded two, but the standard defending meant they could have conceded a few more. And you want to afford your goalkeeper better protection than that as well. We wouldn't even be talking about the first goal if Viktor Lindelof had been playing football properly and not gone to sleep and allowed a man to run across him at the front post again. So there is a bit of that as well. And Harry Maguire also had an absolute nightmare yesterday. But you can't, ultimately, the goalkeeper's there to rescue the defence and the defence is there to rescue the goalkeeper. And neither of those things are working particularly well, but we can see De Gea declining and we can't pretend there's anything other than
1: decline. Pete, you chatted to goalkeeping extraordinaire, former Manchester United goalkeeping coach Eric Steele today. What was his views on the matter? Obviously, he's very defensive of
2: David De Gea.
1: Um, But there's there's there's
2: been a lot of De Gea bashing around since uh, his mistakes. And, And rightfully so. I mean, like Daniel says, the regularity of the mistakes, you have to point the finger at him. Um, but he came up with a solution, which, which you know, not a lot of people are coming up with. There's a lot of, yeah, De Gea's in, in decline and he's this and he's that. But United can't sell him. No one can afford to buy him and there's, they're stuck with him until 2023. So what do we do? And his solution, his solution was that don't let Henderson go out on loan again next season. He's got the experience he, that, he's, that he has this season. Bring him back and integrate him into the team slowly. And whether that means playing, keep, have him as a cup goalkeeper or playing... 13, 14 times a season. Um, It's been done before. Uh, Ter Stegen, when he was at Barcelona, his first two years at Barcelona, um, he only played seven league games. He played a lot in the Champions League. He played a lot in the Copa del Rey. But he was integrating the team slowly and that's not exactly hampered his development, has it? So what United could do is bring Henderson back and say, look, you're here to challenge De Gea. He is still number one, but you have to try and prove yourself as better than what we've got. If If he isn't, De Gea keeps... On making the mistakes, make Henderson number one, but bring him in back on the premise that he might only be playing a bit part for a while, but eventually we see him as the long-term number one. And then two years down the line, De Gea is going to be near the end of his contract; he'll be a more sellable asset potentially, um, or he'll get closer to the fact that he could believe in, and then you can make Henderson the number one. So it kind of it'd be, it's quite hard to do, obviously, keep two top quality goalkeepers happy, but. It, in this current predicament that United are in, when they are stuck with an out-of-form goalkeeper who's the, who's the highest-paid player at the club, then they need a solution. And that, potentially, it might be their only option, but it could work. The problem
3: with that is, I would say with Henderson, is you sort of, at that point, feels like you're making a decision that Henderson is going to be the next number one. Mm. And... I don't. I don't know. Like I'm not. I'm not criticizing Henderson when I say this. I don't know if he's good enough. Yeah. I haven't seen him and thought that like the first time I saw David de Gea play for United, it was I was behind the goal. It was at West Brom, and he actually made a mistake that gave West Brom a goal. Yeah. But he made so many brilliant saves prior to that, where you could say, okay, this bloke is really something. I've never watched Henderson and thought that. Yeah. I do think that he's very clearly got the mentality that you want. Like he's got some serious confidence. He's not going to be someone that you said he doesn't dominate his box. I think his retention of possession stats, Henderson, are the worst of all the goalkeepers in the division. Someone told me this morning. Mm. Um, and the thing about Henderson also is that his value is probably quite high now. So if you look at the United squad, then you think, well, what does this squad, as a team, need? I mean, and I mean they're probably people who think differently to me. Whereas what I would say is the first thing I would buy for this team is a centre back. And then I would buy a proper midfield player instead of Matic and instead of Fred and instead of McTominay to complement Pogba and, um, and uh, Fernandez. And then they also want Jaden Sancho. Now, I, if, Jay, if they're saying like, but the two, the two areas that I think most need addressing are that, that midfielder and that centre-back. And in order to do that, you've got to find some money. And if Dean Henderson, if you like get 60 million quid, say, for Dean Henderson this summer and he's not going to be number one, then that looks to me like a pretty useful expenditure, a pretty useful deal, because you can then go and say, well, you've got 60 million quid, you go and buy yourself a centre-back, mm. and there's your centre-back got, and then you've got the money to strengthen other areas of the team. So it is, it is difficult that if, you don't, if you're not sure that Henderson's good enough to be number one, then I would be extremely inclined to take the money for Henderson this summer. I don't Because... I feel like I just I can't believe that the Chai can have forgotten how to keep goal. Mm. Except I was saying before, and like that, that, it's not a loss of form. It is a decline. Like form is like something that comes and goes. Mm. This is just gone. And he's still making occasional saves, but in general, it's gone.
1: You seem really torn. I could talk <laughs>
3: talk for another five minutes, contradicting myself, saying you're trying to build a defence, you need to get the right goalkeeper there yeah. who will command that box, and that is not David De Gea. I don't know. I think,
1: I think there's I a mean. there's a couple of things on on Dean Henderson because I, I I sort of agree that that the clamour to him doesn't necessarily relate to how good he's been. I mean, he made an absolute clangor himself against Liverpool in a massive game, Sheffield mm. United. There's only certain times you're going to get to nil-nil against the best team in the league yeah. after 70 minutes. The ball falls to Gino Wijnaldum. He has a shot. It's straight at Henderson. It's in the back of the net. Now, he has a great defensive record, but that is because the phenomenal defence at Sheffield United. They are a team that don't play with the ball, and they hit, on, they hit on the counter-attack. And if you look at a purely stats basis, he's only made four more saves than De Gea. So it's not like he's coming from a team that's made loads and loads and loads of saves. Mm. I just wonder if... Ugh, I just wonder, I guess, why there's so much clamour for Dean Henderson as opposed to just going and, and signing another player. And I guess that does come down to finances, as Daniel mentioned.
2: Yeah, there's that. And, and there's also a sort of another thing that, that um, Henderson can do for De Gea, what, what Eric Steele was saying, is the fact that I, I agree with Daniel that De Gea is, it seems like is very much in decline uh, rather than it being a form issue. But as, as Daniel mentioned earlier, he hasn't had any competition since he's since he's been at United, it's a genuine competition for 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 his jersey. Um, Romero is great, don't get me wrong, but he's not world class, and he's not. He would never. He was never going to. He he was never going to get a oust David de Gea from the United's number one. But Henderson, while there's much to prove, and why, and and we don't know how good he's going to be for a team like United. And like you say, errors against in big games like that can prove costly at a certain level. Um, but he at least will give De Gea some competition that he's not had, and that competition, that he had, something that he hasn't had for so long uh, at the club, was never had it at, at United. Um, could really, really, actually give him a kick, a kick up the backside that he needs. It might not work. De Gea's decline could still continue. Uh, that's the very strong possibility that that could be the case. But. You never know. In the fact, when it, it finally he sees in training that somebody is capable of reaching the levels that he was when he was at his peak at United, when his form was at his best, that it might well spur him on. And Steele said that he he's he's overcome many obstacles in the past. We remember what De Gea was like when he first came. All the criticism that he got. It was people forget that he was following on from such an amazing goalkeeper in Edwin van der Sar. So he's not like he's over. He's not like he hasn't overcome adversity in the past. Yes, he he's had. He he called it out of form steel. He insists it's not a decline. I'm more inclined that it could be a decline. But with Henderson in training, looking better than anything he's had to come up against in the past, you never know. It might spur him on. Who knows?
1: Daniel, you mentioned. See, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to get my head around head around your logic because. You, so you <laughs> so you said so you said at the start that. David de Gea is rubbish. Uh, that you that you fro- that you to all that 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 to not completely misquote you that that a rubbish goalkeeper is one that, 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 that I, yeah, I did say it. that okay, okay that's fine just, just check it <laughs> but but you want to keep him as as the number one because obviously if you're selling Dean Henderson I mean unless or are you turning to Romero I'm just I just want to see who's in goal for, for you and your United <laughs> plan next season I
3: would say not Romero I, I I don't know. Like, what I would say is, I would, I don't. If if they don't think that Dean Henderson is a potential United number one, then I don't see that there's a lot of point bringing him back to challenge De Gea because if that doesn't work out, you're just left with two goalkeepers. And so I would be. I think that De Gea's form, or whatever you want to call it, means that you have to make a decision about Dean Henderson this summer. Previously, you might not have wanted to. If Dean Henderson, if you think he's going to be a United goalkeeper, if the people that know about this stuff think that, then probably, then, yeah, it has to happen now. If, if Dean Henderson isn't that person, then you sell Dean Henderson. And with that money, you either, I suppose, have to buy a different goalkeeper or you hope... It's really hard to say they should do this without really knowing... What's going on behind the scenes without knowing what kind of guy De Gea is really, without knowing, like, there must have been conversations about why this is happening and what they need, what they're going to do to stop this. And without, without knowing that. And when I say David De Gea is rubbish, obviously, I don't mean like he's better than me <laughs> and he's better than lots of other goalkeepers. But ultimately, goalkeepers who are constantly responsible for goals that a team concedes are rubbish. However, good they've been in the past and however. They might make a brilliant save every now and again. You can't, you cannot have a goalkeeper hamstringing the team, and and I hate to say it because there was a time when De Gea was one of the only good things about watching United, and one that he was not, he was a, a rarity. He was a goalkeeper who was not only good but he was a, load of, a lot of fun to watch as well. Which is an odd thing to say about a goalkeeper, but it's true. Mm. But he is now costing the team. He costing the team points and goals on a fairly regular basis. And you can't, you can't hope to be any good. I mean, look at Liverpool. Like, they got rid of a dodgy goalkeeper. They got Alisson, who doesn't appear to have had that many... Go- he appears to me to be more of a Van der Sar style keeper who plays behind a decent defence and a dominant team and doesn't chuck them in. And that's, what, that, that's been good enough. Like, every time someone says... You see on someone, we look at the save Alisson made, and you're like, well, why would he not have made that save? And that's sort of the point. He makes the saves, all the saves that you expect him to make, more or less. And that is, that's that's quite a good level for a goalkeeper to achieve. And so, this is a long-winded answer, like a long-winded way of saying, I don't know. I <laughs> don't know. Until, without knowing what's going on with De Gea, I can't say, but I would be loath to end up with two goalkeepers, neither of whom anyone thought were good enough. I don't know. I know I know
2: De Gea is, is very much in decline. I certainly agree with that. I'm not sure... If he's as bad as carriers, though, I, I, I'm not sure. I if feel. If I'm not sure. I feel like that. I'm not sure. if I feel like that. But
3: yeah. Um, I well, it's but it is like the fact that we're even we're even talking about this. Yeah, is it tells you where we are. And like, the other thing about De Gea is because he's not making these brilliant saves so much anymore, and because he's at fault for so many goals, the other faults that were always there, you start to notice them more. He never like he was never particularly good on the ball. Mm. And he also never dominated the box. Um, Like even the goal that Southampton scored, the equaliser, the other night. There are a lot of people, a lot of others to blame, like Lindelof managed to get the wrong side. Maguire was marking, can't remember who it was, but they played for United and (laughs) not Southampton, which is (laughs) enough of an error in itself. But the ball came flat across the six-yard box Mm. and you didn't even think that De Gea might come for it. Mm. And he was never good at commanding the box, but you let it go because he was so good at making unbelievable saves. And the unbelievable saves are gone now. So you start to think, well, why isn't he dominating the box? And we need a, you need a goalkeeper who's going to dominate the box. And who's going to build a relationship with the centre-backs. And who's going to control the penalty area, like van der Sar did and like Schmeichel did. And De not never did those things. And so once he stops doing the, the reasons why you persevered with him, it's, it's, a, it's difficult. And... The thing with the dominating the box as well that was always, I found, quite hard to understand is it sort of strikes you as the sort of thing that anyone with a bit of confidence could do, even if they weren't any good at goalkeeping. It should be something that you can learn, like what balls you can get and calling for them. Mm. That's like, it's not that complicated. And yet he doesn't seem to want to come off his line and catch crosses. And you saw at the beginning of the season, United were conceding an absolute ton of goals from set pieces. That's not a coincidence when you have a goalkeeper that doesn't want to get involved. Like he wants to make the save at the end, but he doesn't want to come and catch crosses. And that's, a, that's already a massive problem. But when you add it to the other problems, again, it's just another thing. And like, I feel like I keep saying, like I feel like an idiot <laughs> saying that David De Gea is not a good goalkeeper. Because we've all seen with our own eyes that David De Gea is not just a good goalkeeper, he's a special goalkeeper. But when it's gone, it's gone. And it's hard to get it back. And it's been going on for so long now that it doesn't look like it's coming back, and you don't feel like you can bet on it coming back.
1: Brilliant. I think we'll ra- I think we'll wrap it up there because I quite like seeing Daniel kind of talk. Normally you're so <laughs> normally you're so you're normally so <laughs> assured of your own opinions. The problem here is my wife hasn't told me what to
3: think, so I'm just not that interested in this. So I'm struggling.
1: <laughs> That's good. Well, Pete, we'll let you get onto your well, your, your your future wife and your wedding planning. I hope that goes well. Thanks for joining. Thank me. you, Moszczaw. As they say, where I come from. Uh, Thanks to you, obviously, as well, Daniel. No, i see you again. (laughs) Nice one. Uh, And thanks to you all at home. Uh, You can probably hear drilling in the background, so I'll make this one quick. But uh, tell all your friends and family about Game of Opinions, you know. Over and out. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.